Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Yes, welcome to On The Pace on this Monday morning edition. We've got half an hour to chat all things harness racing today, so plenty of guests to have on board. We've got, uh, first up, we'll have a chat to Robbie Morris very shortly about his win in the Tamworth Golden Guitar last night. Ricky Altron will then be off the back of that to discuss his trotter, Tough Monarch, who was very, very good on Saturday night at Tabcourt Park Menangle. In fact, you could say he went as good as he ever has, and Blake Jones will also play a pretty important part tonight at June on their cup meeting. So they'll be our guests this morning for this half an hour edition of On The Pace. Just going back to last night at Tamworth, we'll quickly touch on the results through from their biggest meeting of the year. And great to see as well, despite what's been a crazy 12 months or so, that they've managed to get a really good crowd still to the track, despite the fact that the gold guitar I guess uh, music festival didn't proceed as it regularly does and that certainly has a big bearing on the crowds that attend but it still looked from uh, the sky vision that there was still a decent crowd on track to enjoy a good night of harness racing. The Golden Guitar Consolation which was the opener, a thrilling finish went the way of Miss Siriello and the dash for cash over the 12.30 backed that up in race number two with the first of two victories for Nathan Hurst. Angela Hedges took the reins on Peggyville. Uh, the high game star maker which is for the three-year-olds and quite often throws up a nice three-year-old last year if my memory serves me correctly it was my ultimate star who went around in the golden guitar this year last night it was eagle commander who managed to stay in front of the short price favorite just a little bit and that was certainly the winning of the race a second of that double for nathan hurst the tamworth city cup it was a race in two according to the market but Maybe the second elect or the horse that was not quite as expected to win pitch perfect backed up a strongman angle victory a fortnight ago, taking out that feature for the open class horses. The choreographer, as I mentioned, was the winner of the Golden Guitar, and we'll chat about that in more depth shortly. Tabra, Chiazzo, Montana Knights and Zoe Magic were also winners on the night. So nine races from Tamworth, and the club does a fantastic job each and every year. And this year, under trying circumstances, they decided to continue on with their carnival. And I'm sure that they are very glad that they did. That Golden Guitar final was, I guess, thrown wide open with a few scratchings yesterday morning, particularly of the favourite Balducci. And it was then anyone's race. In the end, it went the way of the choreographer. Let's grab Greg Cajal's call of the concluding stages. A bunching field. He's got plenty of horse in front of him. The choreographer. He leads by three quarters of a length going down the back on the outside. Rock and Lachlan. Then Battle Chimes. Nowhere to go for Battle Chimes. Behind them is Ziggy Rocks. Followed further back by Shadow Pass. My ultimate star is uh, not making enough ground out wide. It's three and four wide but continuing to work forward up to the home corner. In the Golden Guitar final, the choreographer about to be taken on by Rock and Lachlan. Ranges up on the inside. Battle Chimes looking for the inside running. The choreographer just in front, Rock and Lachlan. Battle Chimes gets through on the inside. The choreographer in front, and the choreographer will win the multi-equipped Golden Guitar final. Has beaten the fast-finishing Battle Chimes. Third home would be Rock and Lachlan from Tiger, which came from. And the choreographer, a five-year-old rock and roll dance gelding, trained by Jeffrey Harding and Robert Morris, was with the reins last night, and he joins us this morning for on the pace. Congratulations, Robbie. Was that your first Golden Guitar victory? Uh, yeah, thanks, Britt. Yeah, it certainly was. It's a race that's always been, you know, hotly contested and generally, as a rule, a nice horse comes through the Golden Guitar. So how did you come about 
gaining this drive on the choreographer. I must say Tamworth's not your regular driving region, but you obviously were pretty keen on this horse's chances and gave it an opportunity and took the, I guess, took the risk to drive all the way to Tamworth for this drive. And uh, he really repaid you last night. Yeah, well, it sort of came about the week before Rory Roots had a heap in. He sort of needed a driver, so I went and drove them and qualified one for him. But then uh, Tommy Eisen, who does all his driving, he was back from his suspension. So uh, the fields come out, and, and Jared Ouchin had me on a couple. And I sort of was humming and hurrying whether I was going or not. Um, and then Jeff gave me a call in Thursday morning. And the way I looked at the race, uh, Jeff's horse has always raced really good. And, after the choreographer's run the week before, he looked like he switched off late. He probably got home the slowest quarter of all the heats, but he ran the fastest mile overall. So I thought from the drawing with all the major players drawing the back line, he was a sneaky hope. And then with the scratchings, it sort of just threw another spinner in the works. So, um, yeah, look, I was happy to, to head on up and um, pay dividends. Yeah, managed to roll to the front with a couple of laps to go. And when you mentioned the fact that he switched off the week before, you weren't going to allow him to do that last night. You rolled along pretty solidly. So it was a, it was a staying test despite it being only the 2,000-metre trip. Yeah, that's right. I sort of had that plan in my head to sort of roll sort of quarters in 29 and a piece the whole way just to make them chase, you know, them backline horses around them small tracks that actually... Mathematics comes into it a lot more, and I just thought if I could keep trucking them solid quarters without overdoing it, every step that they took, they were working wide to catch me, and we had the rail. So, um, yeah, it worked last night anyway. It certainly did. That $30,000 Group 3 final uh, went the way of the choreographer and yourself and Jeffrey Harding combining. Jeffrey, have you done a, a great deal of driving for him in the past or is this a relationship maybe that off the back of this victory you'll go on and do a little more driving for in the future? Oh, no, he's sort of... Um, he's, I've always sort of got to drive for him here and there. He's generally got a couple of his sons that do the do the steering for him, um, in particular Matty, but um, he had a bad fall a couple of weeks back at Newcastle and broke his collarbone, so... Sort of both us guys that got their drives last night were probably fortunate, um, but unfortunate for Matty. You know, he always drives them and drives them pretty good. So, thought it was a little bit bittersweet. But um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm always happy to jump on for him, and I've um, I've driven a few for him over the years. So, not all the time, but yeah, happy to help out when he needs it. Speaking of driving for maybe different trainers than you regularly do, you're doing a lot of freelance driving at the moment and a lot of travel. Is that something that you decided that at the start of this new year you were going to focus in on or has it just happened that way because you're at Newcastle today and we'll have a quick chat about your drives there shortly? But uh, I wouldn't have regularly seen you, I guess, make that trip to Tamworth maybe without a few of your own stable runners. So is freelance driving something you're giving a real crack at at the early stage of 2021? Yeah, it sort of just seems to um, have unfolded that way. You know, when I was younger and I had my junior claim, I did a fair bit of it, but sort of as Kerry's team built stronger and bigger around us and sort of the years folded on, I, I didn't do all that much freelance driving you know we sort of had sort of our own horses in every race and um you know we're still working a nice number of horses but early stages of this season we haven't you know we've sort of moved a couple of the race horses on that sort of weren't going to be what we sort of wanted throughout the year and concentrated a lot on our 
uh, yearlings turn two-year-olds and two-year-olds turn three-year-olds. So they're all sort of working up. We've got a few trial and that. So it's just sort of worked out. And with Josh, um, as everyone knows, me and Josh are pretty close and he lives with us and he's been going to a few of these meetings and I've been getting drives. So we've sort of just been heading off together. So look, I don't know how long it'll last for, but while it does, I'm... I'm more than happy to drive for other people. It's just um, when we've got so many of our own, it's just a bit difficult sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Josh running the Quinella last night, was there a bit of cheek after the line-friendly competition or was it just, uh, you know, a good outcome for you both to run in the Quinella? Uh, it's always a good outcome, but uh, I must say I never let a moment like that get away either. So there was a little bit of banter to and fro, but um, no, he's good, Josh, and he, he's driving really good and, that uh, was good that we could run the Quinella. Speaking of your own team, as we build towards the Carnival of Miracles, is there maybe a horse in particular that we should be watching out for? Or maybe is it a baby that's really impressed you that we're going to see step out at the trial shortly? Is there one from the Lucky Lodge stable that you can pinpoint as a horse to follow over the next few months? Yeah, I think um, I'm really happy with two of our fillies at the moment. Um I Can Run's got a little sister called I Can Fly. She won a green trial last Wednesday and, and she'll qualify this Wednesday. And There's a filly at home. Uh, she's an art major out of um, African dancer, which makes her a full sister of Mamako Marley and she's all attitude. And um, she's impressed me a lot too. So there's two fillies there and uh, there's a couple of three-year-olds landing from New Zealand in the next week. Just sort of their planes are getting a bit to and throw at the moment, but a three-year-old colt called Eurobeat and a three-year-old filly called Watch Your Secret. Um, Watch Your Secret ran fourth or fifth in the size stakes in Auckland on New Year's Eve. So hopefully if they can get here and be on target, they'll target the Oaks and the Derby. Oh, yeah, exciting times there with those three-year-olds. Uh, there's some big money on offer this year and a different... I guess, schedule than what we're used to with the, with the Victorian Oaks and Derby a little later on. Four drives today at Newcastle. We won't run through them all, but is there one in particular that you think is a big hope? Most of them you're driving for the first time and you've got a few tricky draws as well, but if you could pick one out, would it be my cha-ching, cha-ching in the last or is there another that you've pinpointed as maybe your best? Uh, yeah, look, I think the first two are chances, but probably on form looking on paper, my cha-ching, cha-ching's dropping back pretty good. I think two starts ago, he got beat 12 metres, going 51 at Menangle. And last start, I think he got beat around the same over the 2,300-metre trip, going 54. So, you know, he, he probably looks like dropping back to Newcastle on a Monday afternoon. You know, he's probably getting a bit of a dropping grade, and it looks like it suits him. So, on form, I think he's dropping back the, the best. In race seven, number five, my cha-ching, cha-ching this afternoon goes around at 5.44 local time. Thanks for your time this morning, Robbie. Congratulations last night and best of luck not only this afternoon but across the next few months. Not a worry. Thanks, Britt. Robbie Morris there this morning for us, uh, recapping what was a great night of racing out of Tamworth and that golden guitar, as I mentioned earlier on. Always very hotly contested and generally as a rule, it's a horse coming through the grades. It's going places that wins that race. So we'll keep a close eye on the choreographer over the next few weeks and months as he comes out of that series, no doubt, full of confidence. Ricky Alchin had a great night on Saturday night with his star trotter, Tough Monarch, making his way back to the track and also back into the winner's circle, rating 153-3 and three, and rolling along in pretty even sectionals as well. We hadn't seen him at the races for 
you know, six weeks or so. He His last start effort was maybe slightly disappointing on what we expect from him at Menangle back in December. Prior to that, he'd had a very, very busy run in New Zealand, Melbourne, back to his home state as well of Sydney. So no doubt that freshen up has done him the world of good. And he was back in a, a big way there on Saturday night, rating 153 and 3. And Ricky's joining us this morning for On The Pace to discuss that and a little bit more as well. Thanks for your time this morning, Ricky. You must be so thrilled with the old boy. I say old boy, he's now a nine-year-old, but with your fella's performance there on Saturday night, he was sharp. Yeah, yeah. How you going, Brittany? Um, yeah, I was really happy. Like, uh, you know, he's been the cynical of our stable for a few years now, and, um, yeah, it was really good to have him back and, and back in style. He trialled on the Wednesday prior. How forward was he? Did you think that trial just did enough to have him spot on for the races? Or was it a case of you thought maybe he's a bit behind the eight ball and you really had to sharpen him up for the races? Because we don't often see, you know, horses maybe back up in such a short amount of time. You know this guy so well. So it was clearly exactly what he needed. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I do. I know him like the back of my hand now. And he actually... Um Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but when he come back from New Zealand and I took him straight down to Melbourne um, for the the Group 1, I forget what it was called, but I, I probably shouldn't have taken, taken him for that. He um, he actually come back to Sydney and got a slight lung infection. He wasn't showing signs of it, um, you know, in his work and in himself, but that last run um, it was below par and, you know, I probably drove him a bit conservative because I wasn't 100% happy with him. And, yeah, he did pull up with a slight lung infection. So we have been treating him for that. And I just mainly trialled him, um, you know, just to, to see how he felt. And he never went hard. He only went, you know, a mile and 59, I think, which was, yeah, not, not that hard for him. And he felt really sharp. So, yeah, I was really happy after that to go forward with Saturday night. On Saturday night, there was only the smaller field with some scratchings, seven in fact, and you'd drawn to the outside of Arnold, who was actually very heavily tried. Your bloke was friendless somewhat in the market late, so it didn't take long for people to jump off, but it was at their own peril because he's turned in a PB performance of 153-3. and three. Were you somewhat surprised that you found the lead? Or, um, you know, Arnold's genuinely a horse who has plenty of early toe and likes to run them along. Where did you see yourself in the run? No, I actually thought Arnold um, was a chance of handing up. Only, you know, Arnold's a really nice horse and he went good on Saturday night. Um, but he, he's also never raced. Probably the quality of Tough Monarch and Drop the Hammer. Um, he's a horse coming through his grades. Um, you know, those boys have got the riding on the wall, um, you know, with Group 1 racing and, and the season Group 1 racing over a few seasons. So I, I could see Arnold actually hitting over with uh, my horse and Drop the Hammer both going forward out wide. So, yeah, I, I did see myself in front as it panned out. Um, you know, he was happy to roll along and he felt really good um, and he was strong through the line. Uh, you know, he went for another 200 metres after the post, which is, which is a good sign. When he's like that, he's at his best. Now, with that in mind and with him right back on track and no doubt where you want him, do you make a trip to Melbourne now? Because over the next two weeks, there's Group 1 racing down there. It's going to be hotly contested, but he's proven time and time again that he's up to them and he's just as good as them on his night. So is that where you head now? Yeah, look, he, like he's... Not getting any younger. He, he is nine, so yeah, we'll definitely go and have a crack at the Great Southern Star because 
you know, who knows, he mightn't be at this level next year. So, yeah, we'll, we'll miss the Dallard this week. Um, and then we'll go straight into the Great Southern Star the following Friday. Um, and, you know, he he's shown time and time again that he is up to those horses. And Barrier draws vital. If, if he can, you know, draw a marble to find the front and roll along, well, he's going to be competitive in... in Might have just lost Ricky for a moment there. We'll see if we can reconnect and um, have a chat about a few of his other three-year-olds because um, there is a strong team coming back through. But I guess that information, good news for those taking on the Group 1 Dallard Trotters Cup this weekend. He won't be heading their Tough Monarch, but he will be going uh, to the following week, which is that Great Southern Star. And I do want to ask him about whether he thinks the two runs in a night will suit Tough Monarch because that's a real unknown around that Great Southern Star. It's a fact that it's heat on that Friday night and then straight into the final. And Ricky, do you think that style of race will suit him or that style of series? Because it's not something we see here regularly where the heats are run early in the night and then the final. Is that something that's going to help or hinder your bloke? Um, I mean, he's a horse. He, he loves to work. Um, he You can work him pretty solid. He thrives on it. I don't think that um, it will be a worry for him, but yeah, like you, you stated, um, they haven't had to do it before, but they're, they're all going to have to do it. Um, so that's, you know, a thing that we, we probably won't know till the end. But I, I don't think um, uh, he'll have too much trouble in handling it just because he's that style of a horse that, you know, he's got a good constitution. Um, the better he goes. So, um, yeah, I'd just like to get him through the heat into the final. I think that would be a big thing and a good experience to have a horse series like that um, as a training perspective yeah absolutely it's going to be a super strong race but he'll certainly fly the flag very well for your stable a quick update on a few of your other uh, you know sort of stable stars crunch time where's he at and the two-year-olds from last season stepping out as three-year-olds how are they all progressing and are they on derby tilts or, or what are the plans for them yeah, um, they're all getting back close. Uh, Crunch Time is nominated to trial at an angle on Wednesday, as is What's Up Majestic. So their plans, Crunch Time will obviously trial Wednesday and then look to go into the Mount Eden and um, into the chariot for fire lead-up. In the chariots. Um, at that. Majestic will head down to Melbourne probably with Tough Monarch. Uh, the need for speed. He had the heats for him on the 14th of February. Um, what's up? was actually nominated in the Simpson Sprint on Saturday night. He tried well at Meningle last Wednesday and he's definitely come back um, nice, although he couldn't have too long off. And Captain Crusader, he's probably a month off trialling. Well, yeah, he'll be ready for the New South Wales Derby heat. So I think they're on around the 28th. It's a pretty exciting time for your stable when you rattle off a few of those names. Yeah, look, we had a good season last year with our babies and, um, you know, we were looking forward to bringing them back at three and 
obviously the trotters. Um, I'm really excited about what's up, Majestic. He, he's got the world of ability. And, you know, we've got a whole bunch of babies here again now that uh, are slowly starting to step up and the pressure's going on a bit. And hopefully we can have another good season with them. Quickly before I let you go, we're all marvelling at the deeds of Locke and Varad at the moment. And every time he goes out on the track, he wows the harness racing you know, fraternity, basically. And you had a real part to play in his career, of course. Uh, you put him through that ready-to-run sale. And I'm sure people ask you often, did he show you that he was that good back then? Well, it's hard to tell, but it still must be a real feather in your cap that you had such a, you know, a close and personal relationship with him in his earlier years. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, I get a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, do you, do you regret not buying that horse back? And, you know, he's won a million dollars. Um, but no, I don't regret it because that was my job to, to sell that horse for the owners. And, you know, he was a lovely horse and I, I did recommend him to, to a lot of trainers to, to buy him. But his pedigree didn't look that strong on paper and, you know, people didn't want that. David Moran, to his credit, has really, really looked after that horse. And, you know, he's turned him into the horse he is now. So to, to answer your question and say, did I think he was this good? You never, ever know that. But I did know he was a nice horse um, and David sort of managed him well and, really got him to where he is now and he's no doubt the best horse in our country and he could well and truly be the best horse in the world I feel but no it's great to be part of horses like that into their careers and I don't hold any regrets in, in selling them because that, that's what I want yeah, well you did your job that's for sure and certain and he's done the rest thanks for your time this morning Ricky and best of luck with Tough Monarch and the rest of your super strong team over the next few weeks Ricky Elchin there this morning as off the back of what was a great performance by his star trotter there on Saturday night, Tough Monarch. So no Dullard Cup for him this weekend. He'll head straight to the Great Southern Star on February 5 and into those heats and fingers crossed into the final thereafter. Tonight we've got the Journey Paces Cup this evening, eight races on the card, and there is also a few other co-features. Uh, there's the three heats of the... Uh, Drivers Invitational Series, running through those drivers before we have a chat to Blake Jones, Bruce Harpley, David Morris, Josh Gallagher, Ashley Hart, Leonard Kane, Will Rickson, Peter McRae, Adam Richardson, James McPherson and Blake Jones all going head-to-head across that three-race series. And Blake joins us this morning. Thanks for your time this morning, Blake. We had a chat yesterday when I was lining up this interview and you mentioned the fact that you hope tonight goes as well as it looks on paper because on paper you could have any sort of night. Yeah, thanks, Britt. Yeah, it looks pretty good good night on paper, but yeah, you never know what's going to happen until you get there, do you? No, that's exactly right. The first, you take the reins behind Trunky Tash in the Milbrae Quarries final. You drove this mare in the heat last week, and the heats actually went very similar times. So it's hard to take a line through, you know, those heat performances, but she was really good in her heat performance coming from off the speed, which it looks as though on paper from that wide second row draw she's going to have to do again tonight. Yeah, that's right. She's, she's best driven that way. We um we got a bit of luck in the heat. There was one that galloped early, and we sort of got a pretty good position from where I thought we would have. But yeah, whether that happens or not, I probably highly doubt it. But we should be able to get a good card up on one of Pickett's horses, hopefully, or even Blake Mickelips, which should card us into the race. Just whether we can get close enough to him will be the question. 
you'll probably need a little bit of early speed to assist your trip home. Is there the speed in the race? Can you see there being a bit of pepper early on? Yeah, there, there is a couple off the front row that show gay speed, Dance Baby Dance and Harps. Both, they both get out good and Rafa's ace has gone forward before. Um, yeah, whether there's enough to get us right in the race, yeah, I'm not, not 100% sure, but there will be a little bit of burn, early burn just where they um, back off too much for us in the middle there, the question. Races two, three and four are these driver invitational races and it's hard to get a real comment off you on any of them because no doubt it's your first drives on them. All you can say really is you've drawn quite well because you've drawn the favourite in each heat. So you've had a little bit of luck there. Yeah, yeah, definitely had a lot of luck there. Um, a couple of Sam Hewitt's. I, I, I like the way his maiden went watching his video. It was pretty nice run at Goldman first up. Obviously, Juno's a lot smaller track, so whether it gets around there is probably my biggest question mark around it, but it sort of looked a pretty nice little filly. And um, his other one, Fast and Flashy, it's just a nice little sit sprinter, which has probably got the ideal draw for it. I'd say we'll be leaders back at worst three fence, which is probably not going to worry it too much. It's just going to need a little bit of luck later on in the running. And then, yeah, Hollywood Rookie, he's won his last five, and, yeah, it's flying since it's going up to Sydney, so yeah, I was pretty lucky to get the drive on it. Yeah, that looks a, a great drive from a good draw as well in race number four. The Journey Paces Cup, the feature of the night is race number five, and Nowhere Creek is your drive in this from the inside of the second row. A gelding who's done a great job since joining Ellen's team has won its last three straight, all uh, here on these sort of tracks around Leighton and Junie, won the first heat of the Paces Cup last week. Firstly, what do you make of the draw? And where do you see yourself following RW early? Uh, yeah, not not too worried about the draw. I sort of had RW leading, which would be lovely if he, he leads and holds up. Um, he, he's got a good turn of foot, this fella. We obviously are going to need a little bit of luck at some stage, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not too upset with the draw. It's better to probably be there than outside the front row and having to do work early. We're just, we're just going to have to look for a bit of luck later in the race. Yeah, obviously no sprint lane there at Journey, so you will have to just rely on a few gaps to, to fall your way. Is RW your biggest danger on paper, do you think, or is there another off the second line with you, one of those higher-graded uh, horses, the likes of Kanina Provlima or We Salute You? Are they the biggest dangers, and is it just a fact of they've got to run into some traffic problems? Yeah, RW was, he was pretty good in his heat. He sort of got back and then got pretty wide, but he, he got home good. But he, I, th- I do think he's a lot better leader, so he is going to be hard to round up. But I still sort of thought uh, the other heat winner, Kamina Provlever, was pretty impressive in it, its heat. And it had been racing in pretty good grade up at Sydney, at Menangle there, racing behind some pretty nice horses. So, yeah, I'd probably, probably rate it as the hardest to beat. Yeah, there's a scratching there as well, which paved the way for We Salute You, but just does shuffle Kanina Provleuna down one more, and it will be three the second line as opposed to four, which does make its task, you would have to say, slightly easier. Race number six is the Alan Harpley Memorial, and Bangkok Bravado goes around here, having its first start for Ellen. What can you tell us about this bloke? He has done a, the bulk of his racing in Queensland, so I've seen a fair bit of him. And then Dean Sinovskis has taken over his training before he found your way to, well, found his way to you guys. 
the draw looks good on paper because up in Queensland he was a great leader. Is that where you want to see yourself tonight? Yeah, definitely. I think we've got to come out hard there and try and get to the top, especially around June 8th, a big advantage. And, yeah, the scratch on the second row probably helped us a little bit too because I thought Staggerley was my main danger and that probably puts him to the fence. I'd, I'd imagine they'd probably still want to get off, but it just sort of puts him one further back than what he was probably going to be before the scratching. On paper, do you think you have the speed to cross Forest Fury and Cool Hand Eastern? Um, yeah, I, I think we probably can without driving him. Cool Hand Eastern gets out pretty good. Yeah, I, I definitely thought we'd cross the one. I was just not 100% sure on the two, but yeah, we'll, we'll come out pretty hard and give it a crack. Your last drive of the night is Heart Attack Stack in race number seven, the Phyllis Harpley Memorial, again from the inside second row draw. Probably anywhere else maybe you would have uh, been probably shorter in the market, but you follow out a roughie here. So despite the fact that you're probably still going to be in a nice position, again, you're just going to rely on that slice of luck. Yeah, yeah, it's probably me, um, it's not bad to say, it's probably my worst bat drive for the night on paper, but he still looks a pretty good chance. He's just going to need a lot of luck from the draw. Flamur gets out okay, who we follow, but it's not brilliant, so I definitely think it'll get crossed, so we'll, we're going to need a lot of luck from the draw, but um, yeah, we're just going to have to see what happens there. He finds himself in the right sort of race, so hard attack stack. Thanks for your time this morning, Blake. Best of luck tonight, and hopefully it plays out as good as it looks on paper. No worries. Thanks, Britt. Blake Jones there this morning. The June e-card of eight gets underway at 6.52 this evening. Those drivers' invitational races are races two, three and four, which leads straight into the June e-paces cup, which is race number five on the card at 9.04 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So we've covered plenty of territory this morning on On The Pace. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show. We won't be back tomorrow. Going Greyhounds will take this half an hour slot before Michael Gearan steps back into the host position on Wednesday and Thursday. Thursday. Best of luck if you're having an investment today at Newcastle or tonight at Junee and we'll be back to do it all again on Wednesday. Thank you very much, Brittany. Brittany Graham there with uh, On The Pace. Now, just on that, um, in any other normal week, we would have going Greyhounds uh, tomorrow from that t- 10.30 mark, but because of the public holiday, Australia Day, uh, we will not have going Greyhounds tomorrow. Going Greyhounds will have a half an hour show on Wednesday, so I'll have On The Pace for its 15-minute program and then a half-an-hour program with Mark Holmes looking at all the Greyhound action from New South Wales. Uh, but tomorrow, it'll be just your standard public holiday Saturday programming, so we'll have, obviously, around the grounds. Uh, we'll have Mark Hunter looking at uh, the big meeting at uh, Melbourne. We've got Warwick Farm races as well, and Richard Haynes will be steering the ship tomorrow for you on the Tuesday public holiday. We'll take a break, though, and here on Sky Sports Radio. We've still got the whip around a little bit later on in this next hour, and we're going to be finding all the tips for you from across the country. But in the meantime, we're going to be uh, having some interviews with some key players at both Armidale and Goulburn today. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report.